The offseason just seems to drag on after a bad playoff loss, doesn't it? Well, we're finally moving on. It is draft season. The NFL draft starts with round one on Thursday, and Charlie and I are going to break it down for you, and we have a special guest here to help. We have Hans Hansen. He's a software designer from the Albany area. You may know him from the Bills version of Wordle called Hurdle. He is the developer of that game, and he also has a draft pick trading calculator on his website that will help you maybe put some deals together. So we are going to talk about the Bills' needs, and we are going to get to, he has three potential trades that the Bills could get up to the top of the first round and maybe maybe make a big splash here. So there's a spoiler, spoiler alert. Uh, he's even has some proposals to send away some veterans in this trade to move up. So he's going to go through them. You can let us know which trade you like better. Send us a tweet. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Ethos Performance Rehab. If you need... To tune up before baseball, softball season, before golf season, you got something that's nagging you, Ethos Performance Rehab will help you get through it. Give them a call. Tell them the process sent you. Gentlemen, good evening. It has been a couple of weeks, Nick, since you and I were on the podcast. Uh, made a quick trip to Buffalo. Saw you quickly. That was always nice and, and enjoyable. We uh, did not talk to a live, for a few hours. We did not do a live pod in person because we care about our listeners and uh, <laughs> didn't want to subject them to that. Well, and I was very talkative that night. So I think, uh, you know, for all our listeners, I think that's a blessing for them for how talkative I was uh, that evening. So uh, thank you for putting up with all my rambling for hours while we were together. But uh, you want to. Kind of talk about who we got on the podcast real quick, Nick. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's NFL draft season. I personally have been passing the time by playing the Bills version of Wordle, which is called Hurdle. Uh, <laughs> it was developed by a software engineer from the Albany area who also runs a Bills backer bar out there. His name is Hansel Hansen. He is joining us today, and we're going to talk about the NFL draft and also on his site. Uh, tell them where you can find your site. Say hello. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, my site is called Billsish, uh, like billsish.com. Um, yeah, Built Hurdle. Uh, that had a really good reception post your article that you posted. It, the traffic kind of blew up. I had to change a couple of things on the network because it started to slowly crash <laughs> oh everything. Gosh. But we got through that and uh, still people are using it. So um, yeah, I think I told I you back then. Like an occasional like yeah. uh, like on, on a tweet from, from months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still uh, intend to keep it going. So nice. How many? How many? Well, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Um, the reason you're here today is another another feature on your site that you have is a draft pick trading calculator, which is super interesting mm-hmm. to me. That was a project I did one time at the Buffalo News, and we had like three different scales, and you could uh, people didn't seem to like get you know why the Jimmy Johnson scale maybe you wouldn't necessarily always want to use. Like anyway. We can get into that later. We're thrilled to have you here, and we're gonna talk about the draft, and we're gonna we're gonna just uh, start dreaming a little bit and think uh, maybe the Bills could trade up. What would it take? You're the guy who's gonna help us go through that. So, uh, thank you for joining us. And Charlie, let's go just go back to you. Your quick thoughts on the draft and the Bills' biggest needs entering the draft. I mean, I think it's no surprise. I think we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. I, it, it's defensive back. I think is the biggest need. I think a lot of people out there are also looking at receiver, which I understand. I've kind of come more around to a wide receiver at 25. Um, you know, if Gabe Davis or Stefan Diggs go down for a number of weeks, 
you know, you really don't have too many guys behind them that can really step into the number two role outside of my boy, Isaiah McKenzie. Um, you know, so uh, would, would definitely like to see some depth there. I don't know if I want to waste a first round pick on that. Um, I will say, as, as you know, you talked about possibly, you know, the trade up at some point, Nick, um, I wouldn't mind seeing them trade up for a linebacker and, you know, seeing if they move on from Tremaine Edmonds. I love Devin Lloyd. Like mm. love Devin Lloyd, and I would take him over Tremaine Edmonds, and and I've been a big supporter of Tremaine Edmonds on this podcast, um, but I wouldn't mind if Buffalo moves on from him and brings in a guy like Devin Lloyd if they could, and and Devin Lloyd I think is going to go you know anywhere between eighteen and twenty four. He may be there. It may not cost a lot to move up to get him. So interesting. I'm looking. I'm I'm I've been using the Athletics draft rankings so far. They have him ninth overall. Yeah, I I, I just think there's too many teams who need. Offensive lineman, it's very offensive lineman, heavy draft, a mm-hmm. lot of receivers, good receiver draft, um, and defensive lineman even, you know. Um, so I, I feel like there's just a lot of teams who have other needs outside of a linebacker, uh, you know, uh, where, where Devin Lloyd would go. But would also wouldn't mind seeing them trade up and trying to get a guy like a Sauce Gardner, a Trent McDuffie. Um, really like Kyle Hamilton too. Um, but if they end up staying at 25, I won't be disappointed with Daxton Hill. Um, key reason there, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's favorite word, versatility. Hmm. You can play him on the outside. He could be your cornerback, too, to start the year. Um, and then next year, depending on what you do with Jordan Porter, you can move him back to his natural position at safety. He's a guy that you can move around a lot. Um, so ju- just a guy that I, I, I really like and wouldn't mind if they stay at 25 to get. Okay, let's go back to Hansel. Same question. Yeah. um, I mean, I'm all in on cornerback in the first round. Like my philosophy when it comes to a first round pick is they have to be on the field day one. Like they should be starting day one. So I know I've seen people mock like Zion Johnson, like the guard to the bills, um, which I'm not as intrigued with in in, in round one, because I don't see him starting day one, like in a perfect world, right? Roger Saffold and Ryan Bates are going to be starting at guard. So I get the future value there, but I look for future value in two or three, not in one. So I'm, all in on cornerback. I like the idea for move, of moving up for a guy like Sauce. I think we can't get high enough. I'm going to try to show you guys a way we could later on, I guess. Um, but I like like Andrew Booth, um, if he can fall to 25. And I don't know if he will because I think the Patriots might be eyeing him a couple picks before us. Uh, but I like Booth there. McDuffie you brought up. I like him too. And then you also brought up like the linebacker thing. It'll be really interesting to see if the Bills – like. Let's say they're at 25 and Devin Lloyd falls there and the Bills take Lloyd. To me, that signals Tremaine's getting moved on day two. Um, mm-hmm. be interesting to see if that happens. All right. Yeah, I, I'm actually glad to hear both of you go cornerback. That's that's where I'm thinking too. And I personally have just been surprised how many people seem to want to say the Bills need a wide receiver. They need to take a wide receiver in the first round. To, to me, that's... I don't know. You're looking at this team. I don't know how cornerback is is a like a double exclamation point, like a screaming need at this point. Unless they feel like they're working, they're working something out in free agency. I think uh, was it during the Von Miller press? Some somebody alluded to that they were trying to sign Joe Hayden or they were trying to recruit Joe Hayden. Uh, That rings like unless they have something else that worked on behind the scenes. Like this is a huge, huge need. So I don't know how you go with with the expectations you had this year. How you you go anywhere else? in the first round without a plan for mm-hmm. that position. 
Uh, I mean, this, this is you, you're missing a starter at that position. And then your other starter is you're hoping he's going to be healthy enough. So to me, that's certainly the need wide receiver is, you know, it would be cool to have another sick receiver, but to me that that's, that's uh, you're adding to, to depth at that point. So uh, don't even get me started on people saying running back. Um, <laughs> no, they, please no running back at one. No, 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 no. Mainly later on. Sure. Fourth round. Do, do, like, do but, okay. Real quick, another fourth round running back is another thing that I'm like. I feel like they need a running back. I, I maybe not, you know, but I don't want to sell for another fourth round running back. I mean, it's worked out okay, not great, right? Like, I I just don't want to have to deal with another fourth round running back who has no speed. If you're gonna if you're gonna waste a draft kind of running back at any point in this draft, bring in a guy that has some speed, please. Okay. That, yeah, that's, that's my, a fair point. You, you, thank you for going for my TED talk. So you're saying <laughs> they've gone cheap long enough at this position? Yeah, I mean, you have to go. Look, I like Singletary. I think Singletary has the ability to be that number one back, and you know, I won't be surprised if they move Moss at some point in the draft. I think Moss right now is the odd man out, hmm. but you need to find a way to go get a guy that has some speed. Th- this offense, right? If you look at this offense. Outside of Isaiah McKenzie and now Jamison Crowder, there's not a lot of speed on this offense. You know, you look at Miami. Miami's gotten faster, right? Definitely. New England's New England's New England, right? Whatever. The Jets have had, you know, added a little bit of speed. If they go out uh, and get what's his name there from the wide receiver there from um, uh, from Depot. Alabama, from San Francisco. Oh, oh or, if they get, or if they trade for Debo, right? I totally forgot. Oh, yeah. They're in the talk to trade for Debo. Yeah, you're talking they about want to get Jameson Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jameson Williams is another guy with speed, right? Like the, the, the division is starting to get a little bit of speed added. You need to match that speed mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. Josh Allen had, you know, low, low, low yard after catch. You know, a lot of that was, you know, guys – Josh Allen puts the ball in the numbers. We get it. That's the kind of quarterback he is, right? Or ball right to the sideline. We get it. But if you had some guys with some speed that could, you know, turn the ball real quick upfield, maybe you get that extra yak yardage at the end of the catch. All right. Two two quick points. Something I always think about when they, when they say that is so, so many running backs you've seen, especially playing fantasy football, like the running back in the passing game is so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, those, those are, you know, one-yard throw or even though the way they score it the throw might be behind the line of scrimmage and then everything the running back gets on that is free yardage and that the fact that the bills haven't utilized that quite as much as everyone else i do wonder if that sort of plays into it i haven't gotten into it that deep but my second point it's always curious to me when people say there's so much speed the bills need speed but then they always say we need speed on offense too doesn't that wouldn't that Mm -hmm. mean we need speed on defense to match those guys um, so I'll take this one, then Hans, I'm going to hand it over to you on this one yeah. too. But with given the Bills system and the type of defense they play with the zone system, you don't necessarily need that speed, right? Your guys just go to their zones and that's where they stay, right? You're not playing a man-to-man type of defense. The only place where I feel like this team needs speed is at the linebacker position because you're trying to leave. And perfect example was the Kansas City game last year, mm-hmm. right? You it's had playoff Matt game Milano. Thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Matt Milano. On, I think he would, you know, Travis Kelsey was a guy with some speed. You had um, Tyreek Hill. I guess I'm some thinking, speed I, I was thinking of the, of the overtime touchdown. That one too. That one it too. Just happened to get loose and then it was over. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you lose. That was, uh, what was the other game? The, the, the 
Tampa Bay game. You know, guy mm-hmm. got loose on Tremaine Edmonds. Touchdown. Game over. You know, that was the game Buffalo could have won. You're looking, you know, you win that game. Maybe you get home field advantage against Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, you do need speed on defense, but I'm okay without the speed with my safeties and my my guys on the outside. You know, if you're going to add speed, add it with your linebackers if you need to. I think Devin Lloyd is a guy who brings that speed that they're lacking at the linebacker position. Um, but we'll see what they decide to do at, the, at that position. What Hans, what do you feel, you know, to Nick's point there about having to add some speed, you know, if, if teams are adding it on the offense side of the ball, does Buffalo need to go out and try to add some speed on the defense side of the ball? Yeah, I, I, I like the like the discussion of the Chiefs, right, especially bringing Tyreek Hill, and now he's in Miami. So I've seen a lot of people say, well, you need the speed with the Bills to match that. I actually agree with you. I, I really don't think that's the case in the Bills' defense. Like, Micah Hyde is not fast. Jordan Poyer is not fast. They're just really good at what they do, and their zone coverage and the scheme, the palm scheme that McDermott utilizes kind of makes speed not necessary. Where the problem was in both of those games, and again, you hit on this, was the linebackers. Like It was just crossing route after crossing route after crossing route through Edmonds' zone all game in the playoffs, and that's why the Chiefs put up 40, 40 points. Like mm-hmm. That was kind of the turning point for me. I've always kind of been iffy on Tremaine Edmonds, but after watching that, I was like, man, there's a glaring hole in our defense, and it's right in the middle of the field. And people are just going to keep attacking that over and over again until the Bills find a way to to fix it. And I, I don't know – that's not me to say, like, move on from Tremaine Edmonds now. He's no good. He's a good linebacker. But when you're trying to win a Super Bowl, if there's this giant hole on your defense, I don't know if you can win a Super Bowl with that problem. You know, I'm not – when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds, he has so many flashes throughout the year or throughout a game where you're like, okay, he's great. Like he's going to be really good. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there's times like the Tampa game or, uh, you know, times throughout the, the Kansas city playoff game. They're just like, dude, what are you doing? Like you were a first round pick. I understand he's young. Like we get it. That's been pushed through our brains from day one of how, how young he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at this point, if he's not figuring it out, you have to figure out what to do and, and maybe make a move somewhere. Um, whether that – I'm surprised it didn't really address the linebacker position outside of Von Miller in free agency. Um, but I think you need to go find somebody who can step into that role and move on from Tremaine Edmonds at this point. Um, there's that guy out of Wyoming as well. Um, Chad Mama, I think is how you say his last name. Um, mm. He's another guy. He's he's okay in coverage. He has speed. You know, we talked about speed at that linebacker position. He brings some speed. His coverage is eh, but he's a very good run stopping linebacker. And that's one place where Buffalo his coverage his here. coverage is eh. It sounds like a red flag to me. Well, that, there's a reason why he's not a first round pick, right? He's a guy that you can go after second, third round. He's not a guy you're going after in the first round. Right. Um, so if he's there, you know, day two, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him, seeing what you can do for mm-hmm. a couple of years with him. I don't know if I'm plugging him right away in for that Tremaine Edmonds role. The only player I'm plugging in for Tremaine Edmonds is Devin Lloyd, period. What, what, let me ask both of you here. And even Hanson, I've seen some of your uh, trade scenarios you posted on Twitter, even included Tremaine Edmonds in the trade. What specifically do you? What area specifically do you feel Tremaine Edmonds is not good at? 
Yeah. I, um, so I think like I'll couple this in two parts. One is, so it's, it's one thing to talk about like Tremaine Edmonds in isolation, of the player. I also think it's mm-hmm. important to realize like we have to pay him next year. If, 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 Fair. if he's going to be on the team next year, you're talking about a massive contract for him. Like, I look at CJ Mosley's contract. With the You're Jets talking 2023, ago. by the way. Just some people get confused. Next, yeah, next year, exactly, exactly. So, I don't know how with the Bills' current situation, um, and like Knox is coming due, Gabe Davis is coming due. Like you can put all that much money into Tremaine, especially when Milano's already paid too. So that's one of my reasons why I'm like, maybe you get the value from him now as opposed to getting no value from him next year. Um, as for Tremaine, it's more just like sometimes his instincts just don't exist at all. He's just like sitting in the middle of the field, not doing anything. And it, it drives me crazy. There, mm. There's points where like he completely misses where the running back is. There's no misdirection, no zone scheme. Mm-hmm. He's just goes to the wrong hole. And I don't know if maybe the coaches are telling him to fill. I've heard the coaches tell him to fill two gaps and he just gets always ends up in the wrong one. Or if it's more, he just doesn't have the instinct or he's not processing the game as quickly as he should. He's a freak athlete. And that's why he's able to be a good linebacker. I just wonder if he's missing that like extra thing that the great players had, like a Luke Keekley or something along those lines. Everybody wants to make him Luke Keekley. Nobody's Luke Keekley. I, I was Luke like, Keekly. I know I, I wanted know. him to be, I wanted the same thing, but it's like he showed. Yeah. It's, it's for me, it's, it's almost hard to put my finger on because you, Whatever you say, you can also point to examples of him doing it very well. And it's just some plays it just it just goes away. And you're like, like, where did where did my my Pro Bowl guy go? It's like, I don't know. I've always been a Tremaine Edmonds truther. The age thing to me is real. And I don't know. I I still I think there's enough there to give him one more shot. He was the middle linebacker on the NFL's number one defense. Gotta be doing something right. And, but I mean, you but how much of, how much of that number one defense, Nick, was from him? I mean, and look at how many games they just got outran. I think perfect example is that New England game in the snow. They got ran over. I, I would expect more from my middle linebacker. You're talking about the uh, the embarrassing game. Don't get me wrong, Micah Hyde also missed a huge gap assignment. Right, it's not all on Tremaine Edmonds, but I I expect so much more out of Edmonds to fill that hole and not allow whatever however many yards rushing it was that game yeah i hear you it's 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 just this is where it gets weird in sports with contracts because you have a guy who's decent you like him around seems like he's he's a good good dude and it's like you know if he was a quarterback if he he's like he's like the Derek carr of linebackers he's mm-hmm. better than some guys he's good enough he kind of like that maybe better. I thought Derek Carr was going to be a bust. He's actually made like a halfway decent career for himself, but he just got this huge contract. And you're like that guy, but you're like, what's the alternative? It's, it's drafting a rookie and hope they figure it out when Jermaine was going to be drafted higher than that guy. Most likely. I don't know. Let me ask you both this question. We're talking about trading players, right? You're talking about trading Jermaine Edmonds. Could you see Buffalo possibly moving on from Poyer this year? You know, he's another guy who, if you, if you can't make a move, right. Part of me wants to see him go just because I want his wife to shut up. She's about, she's obnoxious. <laughs> uh, but like, if if you can't come to some kind of deal with him, uh, he's another guy that you could let walk. I mean, you could you know franchise tag whatever it might be for two years with him. But you know, with Rosenhaus, he's not going to sign that franchise tag, right? Like yeah. Rosenhaus wants him to get paid, and I get it. But he's thirty one years old. 
I don't know if I want to pay my Nick and I talk all the time about the plus side of 30, right? He's on that 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 Char- that Charlie likes to remind us that we're on the plus side of 30. <laughs> we are. We are. We are on the plus side of 30. But you know, he's he's on that plus side of 30. He's not getting any younger. Like you said, he doesn't have a lot of speed. You know, ball coverage is great. You know, he's 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 one of the best. But if if he doesn't show up up to camp or if he's talking about you know holding out, is he a guy that you just say, look, you know, let's just wipe our hands, move on, trade up, you know, trade up and get a guy like a Kyle Hamilton or or, or one of those safeties in the draft? To me, to me, no. I, I mean, the, that tandem back there is is elite, and I'd say you you may try to make it work with those guys. You might not be able to pay him; he might be pissed, but. Some of the time that that's that's life. That's the contract you signed, and you got to. I mean, you can't pay everybody, and it, it sucks to to be on here and say no. You shouldn't give that guy what he's worth because, of course, he's worth more. He's he's proved it. Um, it's a salary cap league. I I, I think he. Everybody everybody loves prospects when it comes to the draft. Don't forget how many guys don't hit. Don't forget how many guys become two-thirds of what they they should have been. Tremaine well, let's, let's touch let's touch on that. And, Hansa, this question is for you. Given mm. Brandon Bean's draft, I, I guess, draft success or lack thereof, right? He hasn't been the most successful drafter. Does trading up or trying to move in a guy like a Tremaine Edmonds or a Jordan Poyer or really anyone else on this roster and trying to replace him in the draft, does that kind of make you nervous given the misses that Brandon Bean has had in the draft? Yeah. yeah. And actually it's a good point. Like his misses come earlier in the draft round one and two uh, mainly. Like you talk, look at like a Cody Ford, um, mm-hmm. you look at an AJ Epinesa, you look at those guys and, and you think, well, what, how did they miss? And I'm still kind of AJ Epinesa is a different story, but let's Cody Ford's just horrendous. I despise Cody Ford. <laughs> being a part of that depth chart. Um, but but saying that, that's why like the trade-up, as intriguing as it is to me, because it's like you can get – you could get Sauce Gardner. I just feel like he, oh, he'd be so good on this team. Um, but at the same time, it's like is this that history? Like he gets uh, – Bean gets his value in rounds, you know, four, five, and six. You're talking about Gabe Davis, Teron Johnson. Even Tyler Bass was huge value. I mean, he's been a stud mm-hmm. too. So I, I think like – Keep those to kind of stay where you are um, and see it where the chips fall. And then just hopefully this trend of picking poorly in the first two rounds uh, gets bucked this year and we get like a day one, like impact player. Um, but yeah, I, I am a little nervous about the draft history in the early rounds. I mean, really, if you think about it outside of Josh Allen, who else has you really hit on in the first round so far? I, I, I mean, I, I mean, Ed Oliver, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you Ed Oliver. Sure. You know, Ed Oliver's there. I don't think he is what everyone thought he was going to be. I think he's no, getting there. No. You know, I think they, they called him like baby Aaron Donald. Right. And he's definitely not there. <laughs> definitely no. not there. May, maybe now bringing in a guy like Von Miller might help him, you know, take some pressure mm-hmm. off of him. But we all thought that star coming back last year was going to do that and didn't do too much, but he did have a good bounce back season last year. I felt like from, from the year before. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, his draft, Nick, what about you? I know you've talked on this podcast in the past about Brandon Bean's lack of success in the draft. Um, 
it's weird to say that because he doesn't he doesn't jump out to me as like a terrible drafter. It just it just been the lack of of home runs, which is kind of maybe it's unfair. But you're trying to win a Super Bowl. You need you need the guys who become Pro Bowl players from the second third round too. So I think yeah, you, we have seen some good depth guys. We have seen some contributions. Even I mean, do you give him credit for the Dawson Knox breakout last year? I mean, there, there's points you can you can or guys you can point to to say, you know, wow, that guy did turn out really good. But then you get uh, Boogie Basham, can't even get on the field half the time last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm going through. Harrison Phillips was a third-round pick, didn't re-sign. Ford, That's what I thought like her, I, He got paid, and I'm, I'm glad to see Harrison Phillips get paid. But, man, I would have loved to have him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super nice guy. Hot but, take, he will be back at some point in his career. I think he retired. Yes. I do, my, my only concern with Harrison Phillips, and this was always the one thing I felt like was kind of held over him, right? Buffalo lost Kyle Williams. They brought in Harrison Phillips, and the comparisons were there right away, right? Like, this guy is going to be Kyle Williams 2.0. And he just really didn't live up to the hype. But at the same time, you think about Kyle Williams – I mean, I, 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 at the time when Kyle Williams was drafted was, you know, obviously younger. I, I didn't know the team, like, you know, pay attention, like what we have now. We didn't have the social media stuff then either. I didn't really know who the hell Kyle Williams was till, you know, the last half of his career, really. You know, and then he started coming onto the scene. He was a late bloomer. He's not a Hall of Famer, maybe a Wall of Famer, just because he's Kyle Williams. But, um, yeah. I, Did I, you I, say I, Kyle Williams is maybe a Wall of Famer? Wall of yeah, you don't think it's Wall of Favor? No, I, I I'm mad that you said maybe. Oh, I mean definitely. Okay, I may, maybe <laughs> I was just using that as a yes. He is going on the wall. He'll he'll be the first one on the wall in the new stadium. Sharpie like that, that one. Sharpie okay. that one. He he will be the first one the first season in the new stadium. Kyle Williams will go up. OJ will come down. Kyle will go up. <laughs> okay, okay. Now now we're cooking with fire here. Like hot tips. Cooking hot with tics. gas. Um, uh, I'm, I'm looking back through the Bills draft history here. It is, I mean, you could pick this out for every team. You you know, one year they they hit on they have a fifth round pick here, so they they went all the way from this this was their first or this was the year the Tre'Davious White year. That was the year McDermott was still there before Bean. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? Yes, that was that was the last mm-hmm. Doug Whaley draft, and the yeah. first fired like two days later. Yeah, so then they had two seconds, and then not again until the fifth. So they hit on Trey, missed on Zay Jones, hit on Dawkins. Then they didn't have a pick all the way until the fifth round. They hit on Milano, and then literally eight picks later is Peterman. Like, like what, what a crap shoot. Real quick, not to get off topic, you mentioned Zay Jones. How the hell did that guy get paid the contract he got? Listen, wide receiver market is going up. Well, Jacksonville is to blame for that. Then you got Cleveland messing things up over there, too, between the quarterbacks and defensive backs. Like, dude, it's getting ridiculous. Well, it's it's so wild when you look at how much money teams actually have to spend because if you have unspent money, you can roll some of it over. And like Cleveland, it just rolled and rolled and rolled when they were terrible and weren't paying anybody. And now they have like their their true floor, or their, I'm sorry, their true cap. You know, the NFL is like the base cap is the same for everyone, but Cleveland's cap is so much higher. Like they, they can right. spend like that. Well, and they also probably have some money left over from Hart firing Hugh Jackson and not having to pay him to lose 
anymore either. Oh, well, Charlie, that doesn't go on the salary cap. That goes. That's, that's just, true. That, that's that kind of under the table. It's just coming just, out of Flying Jay's money. They they just they just slid the uh, the 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 cash underneath the door after every loss. <laughs> but Let's go. I, I mean, we, we got off topic. There. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had. I was trying to work it in at some point today, so I had to work it. In. All right, uh, last, last, uh, before we start getting nuts here, let, let's assume the Bills stay at 25. Um, let's, you know, Charlie, give, give me a realistic option that you like at 25 should they stay. Daxton Hill. I will pound the pavement for Daxton Hill. I will jump on my kitchen table, not through it, wow. not through <laughs> it, on it, if they draft Daxton Hill. I, well, I'm that excited about him. Tell the people who he is. So he is Daxton Hill. He is a defensive back. Uh, he is, like I said before, he's very versatile. Um, he's a guy that I like given everything from Poyer and what we've seen, you know, possibly what might happen with Poyer. Um, he, he's a guy that can kind of step into that role next year if he needs to. He can also play outside. Uh, he's from Michigan, runs a 4-3-8 in the, in the 40-yard dash at the Combine. So he's got got a guy with some speed. There's your safety with some speed. There's your defensive back with some speed. Um, I have a lot of faith in him coming in and playing opposite of Dane Jackson if he has to to start the year. And I think he would take over that CB2 role from Dane Jackson um, when Trey White comes back. Okay. He's listed, at least on the show, as a safety. You trust the versatility there? Yes. I think I think any if the Bills take a defensive back at twenty five, if they stay at twenty five, one big thing they're going to look at I think is versatility because that's what Sean McDermott loves. He loves to being able to move his guys around. He reminds me a lot of and and I think he's a better defensive back than what Aaron Williams was, but it reminds me a lot of Aaron Williams. Aaron Williams mm-hmm. wasn't a great defensive back, wasn't a great cornerback, but as soon as they moved him to safety, he became a totally different football player. And I think Daxton Hill has got a little bit more uh, of, of cornerback in him that, you know, you're totally comfortable with him there, but you move him to safety. I, I think you're, you're not missing much between him and Poyer at that point. That's, that's really high praise for a guy with no NFL snaps in his lifetime. There's not a lot of guys in this draft with first round, with first round um, uh, uh, talent, I feel like. And he's, he's one of those few. All right, Hansel. Should the Bills yeah, stay? Um, all over Andrew Booth, uh, the corner mm-hmm. out of Clemson. Um, so he's a zone corner. I think he'd fit. Like day one, he could be CB1 for the Bills. I, I, obviously, Trey White comes back, he's CB2. But I think Booth just fits this team too perfectly. Um, I think, like he's. they say, he's got the measurables. Like Everything about him just screams Buffalo Bills. Um I love him on this. I think like we talked, we've been alluding to there's one hole on this roster, like a single hole right now. And that's cornerback. And I, I like mm-hmm. the idea of Daxon Hill and especially Daxon. He, he future proofs the team too. Right. Cause let's say they can't resign Poyer next year. Then you can just move Hill to safety. You have your starting safety and then mm-hmm. you draft a corner. Um, but for this year, I'm going to go with the assumption that Jordan Poyer will be on the field for the bills this year. Um, and I like having that, that true, corner and Andrew Booth um, starting opposite Trey White when he's healthy. I love, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
But a question for both of you at 25. If Buffalo State is 25, what do you think about possibly taking an offensive lineman at 25? Yeah, what's not? Not, not a huge need. I mean, look, let's face it. Outside of defensive back, right, we, we know they need a defensive back. We know, you know, maybe throwing a linebacker wide receiver there. You can always use an offensive lineman to protect your guy, Josh Allen. I'm, at, I'm not. At, at what which offensive line spot do you think they have a need? I mean, all, I, I always think guard. You know, and given Deion Dawkins' injury history the last couple of years, maybe a tackle. You know, yeah. um, I don't think they're moving up. I, I do not think that they'd be able to get a guy like a Trevor Penning, who I, I, I love in this draft. He is, uh, you know, a very good big boy offensive lineman, matches a lot what they did last year. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I think given this team um, and the problems that they had in the passing game and, and running game last year, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't address defensive back via trade before the draft or sign someone, you know, like a Joe Hayden or someone before the draft, um, if they go out and, and, and draft a, a, an hmm. offensive lineman at that point. Uh, yeah, honestly, to me, I was not p- picturing them going offensive line early. They, they got Roger Saffold, seemed to lock down the guard, the right guard. They went out when, when they paid up. Plus side get, of 30. Sure. Sure. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking a one year right now. I'm thinking go win the Super Bowl this year. So when they they paid up to get Ryan Bates to not let him go on the tender, uh, to me, that was like, what they think he could start. They think he's going to lock down the line. And then just this week, they also got Quisenberry from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So uh, to me, and uh, they've Mm -hmm. made some other moves. They got Greg Manns. They like, I think they are, they hope that this group, in my opinion, is is going to get it done. Like, I don't I don't see too many more additions coming here. It, would, would I've just seen be... offensive line mocked in, in in certain drafts. I think Peter King mm-hmm. had an offensive line. Uh, the kid from Boston College, I think, mocked to Buffalo at twenty five. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, more more so, I think, to future proof your offensive line than to uh, for your offensive line this year. It's more for the future. Mm-hmm. But again. There's needs, right? We've talked about them. There's needs on this team. There's still holes on this team that need to be filled. Um, but do you want to use the draft to fill your needs, or do you want to fill your draft to fill your team for the future? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, you can never have too many good offensive linemen. Like that's that's never, especially with the quarterback they have. That you know, it's not going to be a waste of a pick. But no, I, I won't be know. jumping. I won't be jumping on top of my table for an offensive lineman. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it would just just be a weird fit to me with the rest of their offseason. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, just something I've seen. I, I was just kind of curious to see what what you guys thought if 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 that's something that 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 you could see them doing. I don't think that that's even a need or even a. Yeah, uh, I mean, Hansel, you can tell me season. tell me I'm wrong if you feel differently, but no, no, I I I I want like go offensive lineman in one of the mid rounds, like see if you can't snag a, a guy that could compete for a roster spot as a, as a backup, because we do need a replacement for Saffold in the future, but I'm really high on Ryan Bates. Um, I think when he came in uh, and started playing for the bills, it completely changed that offensive line. It, like they got mean and they got good at protecting Josh. Uh, like I'm big into pressure. I don't, I blame sacks on quarterbacks. I blame pressures um, on the offensive line and for, mm-hmm. Ryan Bates, like he started, what was it? Five games at the end of the year, including two playoff games in those games. Like they was right around 22%, which is well below Josh's career average. So the, the amount of time he was pressured and I credit Bates for a lot of that. Um, so I think Bates is their starter going forward at whatever guard position they 
eventually decide between him and Saffold. But in the future, for sure, like we got to replace Saffold. And don't forget Mitch Morris too. I mean, he's got what one year left. He's he's got no. They they extended him. Oh, that's right. That's right. They did extend him. Yeah. So he's got I think two years left. Yeah, but he, um, I mean, yeah. injury injuries are to to me. I think I'm more than any right. concussion. Concussion. Concussions. Yeah, and I mean that's that's scary. That's you know you get a bad one that might be might just decide that's it. You know, and and well, I, mean, I think I think that Bates is actually there. true. I think Bates is actually the future center. I think that's where he really? shifts. Ooh, to. I like that. I, take. I think he's the true center. Yeah. So I think at some Thank point you, you got to literally fill both guard spots. Thank you for saving that hot take for for our podcast. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I didn't even think about that. Didn't even think about mm-hmm. that move. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see how, how that shakes out. But uh, anyway, getting back on, on the track here. I like what you said, Hansel. Andrew Booth uh, seems to be a guy who should be maybe available around the mid-20s. To me, Sean McDermott has said some interesting things before about what he looks for in cornerbacks. And he says, if you if you're – if your cornerbacks don't tackle, you're basically playing shorthanded. You're playing 11 against nine out there, and he does not want to do that. So the fact that Booth is also a willing tackler, I think that to me just kind of is like the last piece of the puzzle that sort of puts over the top. Will, will he be there? Maybe. He's, uh, at least on my rankings here from the Athletic, he's their fourth-ranked cornerback. You know, everybody's talking about Sauce Gardner. Everybody wants him. We're going to talk Sauce Gardner in, in, in just a minute here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Andrew Booth seems like he fits the need. He like he does what they like. Uh, it seems like, like it all fits up. Uh, that could even see them trade up maybe if, if they just love their guy and they want to get him and they move up a handful of spots. All right, now we're gonna have some fun, Hansel. <laughs> we are gonna talk. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna. To me, if you if you're looking this draft. Uh, Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner is he's like the dude. All right, every this guy didn't give up a touchdown his entire college career. This guy is just just a freak. He he talks the talk, he walks the walk. Like this is the the Bills are hopefully never again in our lifetimes in a position to draft someone like this, but they could trade up. And wouldn't you happen to know it? Uh, some people that they're real familiar with over at the New York Giants are picking fifth and seventh. So we are uh, we're just gonna gonna put our head up in the clouds and start dreaming that uh, a Sauce Gardner falls and then b the Bills can swing a trade and we're gonna assume for this exercise it's up to seven and we are gonna ask you to uh, well I think you've already done this but to plug into your draft calculator and come up with some things that can that can could get the Bills from twenty five to seven. Um, so for anyone who's yeah. not aware how, the, how these draft calculators work, it uh, started in the late 80s, I think. Jimmy Johnson was the Cowboys coach. He made a scale that assigned a point value to every draft pick. And that's uh, versions of that chart are still widely used in the NFL today. I wrote about this a couple of years ago at the Buffalo News. Um, and, and they teams, they, they just they just added up. You know, you want you want a second and a third and you add those up and maybe, maybe that gets you to the back of the first round. But, but over time people have looked at this and said, you know, maybe hey, the game has changed a lot since then, but also this wasn't like statistically done. He kind of just, just went through it and said, this, this feels right. When you actually map out and try to use some, some uh, career value stats and, and say, well, gee, what's, what have picks at, 22 or 47 what have they traditionally done it seems that jimmy johnson really overvalued the top picks 
and didn't really give enough love to the mid round. There's a ton of value in the mid round. We've said on this podcast, Brandon Beans found some good mid round. Uh, the Johnson chart does not necessarily value appropriately the mid round picks, uh, but there's there's other charts that out there that have. There was um, if you follow football perspective, uh, the guy's name is is a Chase. He has a chart. There was a guy Stewart. who Chase Stewart. Stewart yep. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy, a kid at Harvard who actually got hired by the Browns. He made a chart. And um, and also the Jimmy Johnson chart didn't really factor in for co- compensatory picks. So that's kind of like an adjustment that's been made on the fly. But anyway, that's the basis of how it works. There's different. Everybody's got their own value. Um, when I was doing the story, the thing that someone had said was, you know, even uh, this, this is not verbatim, but even if the other charts might be right, if you want to facilitate a trade easily, the Johnson chart is facilitates trades easy. So anyway, long linear introduction to get to Hansel, your chart, and just maybe tell people how you came up with that or how it works and uh, tell yeah. us what you're fine. So, so all I basically did was I took kind of the three major ones to me, the three major um, value charts, which is Jimmy Johnson's, uh, Chase Stewart, and then Rich Hill. Those are the three to me that are, like have solidified themselves as kind of the top ones that people consider. But like you said, Jimmy Johnson's still the the dominant one used for, for trades. Um, I get a lot of pushback every time I talk about draft value charts because people will say, well, no, that's not the way it works. And I don't really know where that argument comes from per se, because historically it has worked. And so I just want to point something out quick. So I actually mm-hmm. tracked every trade that the bills have made pick for pick because that's the only true way you can follow the value um, since 1980. And there's only 36 of them Uh, on the Jimmy Johnson scale. The difference in value between what Buffalo gave and Buffalo got is 3.8%, which is fairly low on rich Hill. It's 0.2%. So you're talking about basically the same value traded um, that is received. So, so Mm. to me, that says that this chart's not only used, but it actually applies to all these trades. So, Um, Okay, let me yeah. ask you a quick procedural question. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And again, again, the individual team, the way they value this is going to change based on where they are in their championship arc, where the general manager is in his mm-hmm. career, if he's trying to win now, if he feels emboldened to make a move for the future. Um, but, but one thing I had heard was that generally teams say, if you go out a year, that would devalue the pick by about one round. And I don't, I don't know. Did, did mm-hmm. that come into play there? Like, like if uh, yeah, Doug Whaley's sure. trading away, you know, next year's first, does that? How much value did you assign there? Yeah. So the so the rule of thumb, at least from everything I've read, and actually what I implemented in this calculator was, it's the it's a round later. So if you trade a one, it's a round two pick, and then it just is the middle of that round because you you don't know where it's going to fall, right? So. I can't say it's like uh, it's going to be the 33rd pick because that's essentially a very similar value to the 32nd pick. So you push it just to the middle. So that's where it gets a little fishy, right? Because it's it, everyone has their own little adjustment there. Some people uh, move it based off of uh, approximate wins for the that the current season um, and things along those lines. But from my perspective, it's just easiest to always say it's the middle of the next round. Um, of the pick okay uh, yeah so, and then, then, then get, it gets funny yeah. with like future first because like mm-hmm. you, 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 that, that that wouldn't translate if that was true you know maybe a future third is maybe really like 
a fourth and be like that that makes sense mm-hmm. but a feature like it it just gets funny and then then same thing like i was saying you know, the gm is worried he might get fired well suddenly next year's first isn't worth quite as much if he's he needs the win right now so all right just curious i will yep. stop interrupting you and you can keep going yeah um so i know we wanted to try to find a way to get uh sauce uh, the team that makes sense to move up to and hope he falls. Let's assume he falls to seven. It makes so much sense to try to go there, right? Because Joe Shane now with the Giants, sure. Brian Dable. And the rumors are, at least from what I've read, is like the Giants want another one next year. And the idea behind that is likely they're probably going to target a quarterback. Uh, so if they can have two ones next year, that's more beneficial than two ones this year mm-hmm. to them. Uh, so in any trade, I think that hey, you hey, create Hansel, what you're trying to make. Hansel, where do you where do you think they learn that from? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> hey, it worked out for the Bills. Why wouldn't it work it for them? It did work out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you have to, but you have to bundle in that round one pick. Like I, I tweeted mm-hmm. this out. I don't know a few days ago or last week, and I had a lot mm-hmm. of people come back at me and say like, "No, that's too much. It can't be a round one next year." I'm like. There's no way the Giants are just going to be like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll give you seven, you give us 25, we'll call it even. Um, just to point out one more thing about this point value charts, whether you use Rich Hill or use Jimmy Johnson, the number seven pick is worth more than the entire Bills draft this year. Like that pick's worth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeah, it's, I got it's an exponential options. scale. I probably should have explained that oh, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. exponential. The, the very tippy top picks are exponentially – worth more so yeah it's 20 if you had 25 if the bills had 25 and 26 that would only get them up to like what maybe the the mid-teens i mean it's it's hard it's hard once you start like playing around it's really hard to compile that much value i do the bills pull the jimmy johnson and trade their entire draft to move up to seven (laughs) i'm totally joking i don't want that to happen no no um well here i got i got three options for you guys so one the first one i'm going to do is all picks. Okay. So okay. we're just moving up. We're just going to get seven. We're going to assume sauce is there. So you just, you're getting sauce Gardner. So the bills this year, they trade the 25, they trade mm-hmm. the 57. So the first and second round go to, go to um, uh, the giants. And then next mm-hmm. year, they also send their round one and round three. You could possibly get away with ignoring that round three. So let me pull that out and we'll say 25, 57 and the 2023 first you move up to seven, you get sauce Gardner. Okay. It's about an even trade on the value scale. Uh, that's on, on the Jimmy Johnson. J- on Jimmy, actually, on Rich Hill, it's even without the three. On Jimmy mm-hmm. Johnson, you need the 2023 third. And what about Chase? Chase is Chase, a little weird because he. Uh, his is going to value. He's the all based off of one. value. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with moving next year's first round pick. I mean, does it matter? You're going to be picking 32 anyway. So. Trade that first round pick. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't care. Okay, that. Uh, I mean, keeping in mind that you, you're never gonna feel like you got a bargain when you move up in the draft. Like that. Just put that mm-hmm. in. Like you're, you're going shopping at the high end store here. Uh, that one, two, next year's one, and next year's three. That feels like a lot, but I'm not turned off by it. Yeah. Okay. Th- I mean, you get bonafide okay, this, CB one. Yeah. Right, especially because like you get cost certainty. You're only pulling a trigger if he's left. All right, that's mm-hmm. very interesting to me. And you said you got two more of these. Let's hear the other two. I got two more. 
So two okay. more. Both of these involve a current player on the Bills roster. Okay. Um, so this one, it would be pick 25. Again, the first round pick. Mm-hmm. Next year's one. Mm-hmm. And Tremaine Edmonds. You get seven. What that does is you're essentially valuing Tremaine Edmonds. So if I convert, like do the math, mm-hmm. I'm valuing Tremaine Edmonds somewhere between pick 52 and 63. So about a mid-round second pick. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially trading a 25 uh, next year's first and this year's two. So it's about mm-hmm. the same thing as the other trade, just Tremaine Evans. And you, we keep our two, presumably drafting a linebacker in round two. Interesting. I don't hate that either. That Yeah, that that to me feels like the value is even. It just, you just, you just made it one, you just made a new hole to plug the other one. Like now you still need a starting linebacker, and then you're probably hoping two two rookies can start on a Super Bowl defense. For sure, yeah, but but but, but, but yeah, but straight up on the value of this year's one, next year's one, and Trey, like that feels about right. Yep, I I will say though. Then the question comes into play. I know people have mocked that. Um, the question comes: Do the Giants want Tremaine Edmonds? Like, sure. Why would a, they especially want? Especially, yeah. Why would you take a guy in the last year of his deal? That's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Dumb question. Okay. Uh, yeah, dumb question. Mm-hmm. Where does Cody Ford fall into any of this? Like, could he be used? As, <laughs> I, I I know we think he's terrible, right? We as fans think he's terrible. Brian Dable seemed to continue to use him on that offensive line when he was in Buffalo. <laughs> Does Brian Dable just a guy that maybe is high on Cody Ford that you could maybe say, look, we're going to offer you Ford and these picks? Could <laughs> Ford be a guy that you could? I'm not, and it might take more than 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 first this year, yeah. first next year. But what value does Ford bring in to any of those picks? It, I mean, Brandon Bean is an, a wizard, so it, with that in mind, maybe he can make that happen. I, in my head, Cody Ford has negative value. Like it's just a cap hit. That's all he is. Um, but <laughs> and, and he's not even maybe maybe hit. Brian Dable does love him. Yeah, Cody Ford coming over. Cody Ford just seems like a guy who kind of like like classic guy who needs like a change of scenery. I don't know that going to the Giants for the same coaches is really a change of scenery. <laughs> I, I will say, given the offensive line coach that Buffalo's bringing in, I mean, maybe Cody Ford takes a step forward. Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen, I think if Brandon Bean got a day three pick for Cody Ford, like take that in a heartbeat. Oh, I, I'd you be jumping on the table all over again. If you get mm-hmm. next year's, I mean, honestly, like if somebody wanted just like line depth, you're probably looking like next year's sixth or seventh for Cody Ford, right? I think he got so. a six for Russell Bodine from the Pats. So. <laughs> So maybe could, could you land a fourth for for Cody Ford? Do you think? <laughs> no, come on. Nobody's, the, nobody's that. Like he just the film he's put out there has not been like I know he was a decent prospect. Like I, when was the last time he put good film out there? But there's still teams out there that will overpay. Like that's what I'm trying to like get at. Like there's still teams out there that will overpay for an offensive line position when it comes to protecting their young quarterback. Houston's a perfect example that may yeah be a team I, to take a big chance. All right, so something that I was thinking about is that. I think teams love their draft picks a little bit more on draft day after they just scouted these guys nonstop. Like if it was the end of camp, they'd be like, Oh crap, we got an injury. We need a guy. You want a sixth? Sure. Take a sixth. And now it's like, it's here. You're just like, you're insulting your scouts by like, you know, you get some guy who no offense, but like you kind of know what you're getting and it's not that good. Like you you have like a, a, I don't know, a, 
pick, pick a fast food that you don't really like like you're you're getting a wendy's cheeseburger i don't know like okay it's yeah, right. like it's like these scots have been dreaming about uh these cows coming off the line over here that, that's a terrible metaphor but um I don't do, know. Do you well, th- do you think though, Hansel? Do you think the Bills move a player over multiple picks instead of trying to trade? Like you said, you know, I, I I'm okay. Like I, I I'm good with trading next year's first. I'm if that's what you have to do, move up. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. But do you see them possibly trading more of a Tremaine Edmonds or some other player? I've heard the rumors going around. I don't know if it's just Twitter talk or social media talk saying they're open to trading players to move up this year in the draft. Veteran, quote unquote, veteran players, right? Um, yeah. is that the way for them to go, do you think, as opposed to trading away more draft capital? Yeah, so I'll say the where I'm – right, we're all hearing this on Twitter, like the Bills and the Giants are connected, and the there's a vet player that's getting moved. I, I've heard that every day, I think, for the past few weeks. The turning point for me where I was like, wait, maybe something's happening here, and I know that – the bills keep things super close to the vest. Like they're, they're known as the people that never say out loud what they're doing. Um, but there's a guy actually, I listen to a lot of satellite radio, um, a lot of sports mm-hmm. satellite radio, and there's a guy, Zig Fricasi. He's mm-hmm. always spot on and he never really embellishes. And every time I've listened to him, he has been very outspoken saying the bills are going to seven and they're going to move a veteran. And I was listening this mm-hmm. week and he, he was like the name I'm hearing is Edmonds. So, I don't know where he's hearing that from. Um, He says he has some sort of source. Um, Whether or not it happens is is one thing, but to hear it from him, um, that gave a little more validity to me than, than, you know, just Joe Schmo on Twitter saying it. But Mm -hmm. would I do it? Um, The Tremaine Evans one that I just mentioned, that's a little bit scary to me because, like you said, you're, you're then relying on two rookies to start on a quote unquote Super Bowl defense. And we would have literally no idea what linebackers there um, at 57 in round two. We'd just be praying that one falls. And what if are one there, doesn't? I'm fall looking. Are there stuck. any good veterans still available at linebacker? I'm trying to look right now. I don't know if anyone that I would. I mean, could you move a draft pick for, you know, or, or not that you want to move more draft capital, but, you know, you think you guys who are out there, mm-hmm. um, there's the guy out in Green Bay that I really like. Now I can't think of his name. Um, I should know. He went to my high school, but I I, I can't think what, of his name What? Now. Went to your high school and you don't know his name? No. I, I feel like a terrible uh, alumni now. Um, but, yeah, he. I, I mean, I, I feel like you could maybe move another draft pick, move some draft picks for next year maybe to go in, and bring a guy in to start if you feel like there's no one else in the draft that you like. Um I just don't know if there's much out there, Nick, for uh, guys to come in right away that you could plug right in. Yeah, Devon, looking, Devondre Campbell. That's what I'm talking about. Devondre Campbell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at like just inside linebackers available on, on spot track. Anthony Hitchens, Dante Hightower, Danny Trevathan, Krakowski from the Raiders, Kyle Van Noy. I mean, these are Quan Alexander. I mean, these, these are these are Quan Alexander, I think, just signed. Somewhere. Oh, he did. They just did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are guys who have been in, in the league, but these aren't guys that you're like Super Bowl lock it in. Like, I, I don't know. Do you feel like any of those guys are equivalent with Tremaine Edmonds? Uh, I mean, maybe on a good day if they're healthy. But it's like this guy; he's already been here. He knows the defense. Like, I. It's hard for me to envision how 
there's this central piece to Sean McDermott's defense. He's going to gear up for a super, super Bowl run with a huge question mark. I, but I think you do that move in any veteran at this point, right? You're well, not, not at such a hole. premier position, though. If they move again, just hypothetically saying they move, they move Jordan Poyer. I mean, what other veterans do you see on this team that they can move? They're not moving anyone that they just brought in on the defensive line. They're not going to move anyone, uh, you know, really on the offense side of the ball, right? Maybe, you know, Matt, Matt Hawk's a veteran. They could move him. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I think I think he has good second round value, Matt Hawk. <laughs> um, you know, go 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 trade him. Uh, but I, you got to think about it. Outside of Tremaine Edmonds, who really fits that perfect draft candidate? There's really no uh, nobody on this roster that I can look at that say, yeah, you know, he's uh, again. Cody Ford is probably the only other guy. What right? about? But he's not going to. I mean, you're, you're stretching the definition of veteran here. What about AJ Epinesa? I don't know if I get the same value moving Epinesa as what I get for Tremaine Edmonds, though. Right? Like it would maybe take. And I don't know if you can, can can do this, Hans, or not. I think it would take Epinesa a first this year, a first next year, and maybe you know a fourth or a lower this year or next year to get that done. And I may be over yeah, that. I don't think – yeah, I don't think Ep has the, the value that Tremaine has, even though there's there's still no, like no, two no, more no, years no. left on Ep's contract. No, I, yeah, I just I don't. Just I don't see them making that guy move. Who, who's who was a high-ish pick whose playtime is not super high. If I'm trading True. up to seven and I have to move a veteran, Tremaine Edmonds is the perfect guy that that fits what you would need to take to get up to seven. There's no other player on that roster that fits what you need. Now, again, I'm fine if they want to trade draft picks. Go ahead, and trade draft picks. You got yeah. low draft picks. You don't have for finally for multiple years. You don't have a quarterback position to fill. Uh, Right, you don't have a number one wide receiver. Well, I'll say I'll say this. Um, uh, one thing. Uh, this is the third option. I, you kind of alluded to it a little bit too. Is a Jordan Poyer trade, um, and I do not advocate for this because I, I love Jordan Poyer, the football player. Um, I think he's incredible, and I don't think that he's going to come down t- too far from his All Pro level of play this year. But bear with me for a second. So again, you do twenty five, and you do next year's one, and Jordan Poyer. To the Giants, you get the seven and James Bradbury, mm. and with the seven you take Kyle Hamilton. Now you've Sign covered all your holes. Okay. Sign me up. Getting a play is that is that your third option? That's the third option, and it isn't okay. soft. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to jump on the table for this. I'm ready to jump on the table. Say it again, and uh, just a little bit slower, and explain the positions to okay. people. Say it again, please. So, so, so twenty five and the twenty twenty three round one. Um, those are the picks that the Bills send. They all they add in Jordan Poyer. Uh, they get back pick number seven, which they use on Kyle Hamilton, the safety, and they get James Bradbury, the corner from the Giants. So you get your starting corner, you get your new starting safety. The whole entire defense is fine. You still have your second and your third this year to fill other holes on this team. The reason I say this would work, or this might work more than the Edmonds one. I wonder if Brian Dable and Joe Shane are trying to build the same style defense, the same zone palm schemes in New York or sorry, in New Jersey that the bills <laughs> have. And there's no better player to build that with than, than your safety, Jordan Poyer. That is incredibly, I, I have Bradbury's been a guy who's been, been talked about as potentially on the market. Is that, is that right? Yep. 
And he's, I mean, he was. I think he gets moved know, or. Yeah. Yeah. He's on the good side to, of 32. So it's <laughs> only 28. Yeah. I mean, he's a pro bowler in 2020, like a, a good cornerback. Maybe you haven't seen him enough because his teams have been terrible, but. That is very, very interesting. And Charlie, okay. Charlie, tell us more about, about the safety they would get here. So, well, they're, they're getting James Bradbury, right? James Brad, in, yeah, Bradbury. In this trade. Yeah, so he's 28 years old. Um, like you said, he was a, a pro bowler in 2020. He had a pretty down year last year, signed a big contract in New York. I believe he signed that contract. Was it last year or two years ago? In New York. Uh, he's played two years on, on, the, on the Giants. Okay, so he, he had a down year last year. Uh, but who on the Giants really didn't have a down year last year? Um, he may be – he's one of those guys, as you said before, you talk about change of scenery. He may be a guy who is a perfect candidate for a change of scenery. And you can plug him into this offense uh, – or I'm sorry, into this defense, and I don't think you're missing much from from Poyer to Bradbury. Um, the only other guy I want to throw out there too that I, I, I keep hearing about that I wouldn't mind seeing in Buffalo, you talk about adding speed, Kadarius Tony. You know, I don't know, you know, do you throw in an, an extra third or fourth round pick to grab Kadarius Tony as well? And you get Bradbury, Tony in the seventh, and you're grabbing Sauce, Bradbury, and Tony. You're filling that wide receiver need in case you have a guy go down. Kadarius Tony is a very good receiver who's just in a very bad situation in New York. Yeah, I've seen I'll, some Kadarius Tony videos online this week that are looking mm-hmm. kind of interesting. As, as someone who just thought, that guy kind of sucked because his team was so bad. Uh, the, the videos I've seen this week with the trades have made that a little bit interesting to me. Hansel, Great route think? runner. Great route runner. Yeah, the, the few games that I've – like Giants games I watched this year that he played in, I, I always he always like popped off the screen. He was always doing things that I was like, whoa, this kid's good. Mm-hmm. My only concern with him is I keep hearing that there's some sort of uh, like – off-field concerns or maybe mental concerns with him. It's like he he has some, like he's not uh, like the he's not a process guy. Let's say is what it seems mm. to be. And I'm all about process. I trust the, the process. Um, but maybe yeah, you bring him what to Buffalo, we? you become the best version of yourself. But so so you got to remember though too. That was the same thing said about Diggs, right? And Diggs came over. True. And, Very true. I mean, have you heard anything? about Diggs outside of, you know, no. I, I haven't heard one negative thing about Stefan Diggs since he came to Buffalo. He posts uh, way too much on Instagram. That's he, does. <laughs> he does. He does. He thinks he's a model at times. Um, but, hey, I mean, he's making a hell of a lot more money than I would make in my lifetime. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> go off, King. And, uh, and you did mention Bradbury just signed a, a big contract recently. So, right, his cap hit would be 20 mil for next year. Poyer would be 10 mil, so that would be 10 million more. But I would assume if they were to trade for him, they would also probably sign him to an extension and probably lower the cap hit this year. So I think you could it, make that money work. And for what it's and you worth, could also it, ask them to eat some of it too. Yeah, it was, you could ask if, the Giants to eat. Thank you. Hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. You can ask the Giants to take some because if they sign into the extension, they have to pay, I think, the roster bonus, right? And that's how you lower mm-hmm. the cap for for the year. Yeah, so so they would pay that roster bonus and really eat that money, and his cap could drop to you know a few billion for the year. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, these have been these are all very interesting to me, Charlie. I'm going to put you on the spot here. We had 
Number one was just picks. One, two, next year's one, next year's three. Then we had the one that included Tremaine Edmonds, and then we had the one that included Poyer. You are Brandon Bean, uh, and we're going to say, just for, for the sake of this argument, uh, the Giants get their guy at five, uh, and number six, somebody gets taken. Pick seven, Kyle Hamilton's still left, and Amai Gardner's still left. The phone rings, and uh, the Giants are ready to do all of these. Which one are you pulling the trigger on? Uh, I think it's time for all pro, pro all pro po Jordan Poyer start looking for some real estate in New Jersey. Wow. Okay. Because because you love Bradbury and and Hamilton, I don't think it's too much to give up. I mean, you're getting Sauce Gardner. You're getting Bradbury. No, no. Th- this one uh, you would not get Sauce. Okay, they would just not Bradbury be and Hamilton. Yeah, I'd take I would take Hamilton. I'm fine with Hamilton as well. Either one. Well, Dumb question. I know. We, I know we're talking. Sorry to throw more wrenches into the fire here. Stingley at seven instead of Sauce. It will. I mean, if if you're taking that Poyer trade instead of Hamilton, you're getting Stingley at seven. You're getting your defensive back as well. Does he have? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Versatility. I'm sorry. You got. Yeah. I mean, you you got you got. Um, um, I'm sorry, I messed up. You got Bradbury coming in playing defensive back. You're getting Hamilton yeah. play your safety. I got you. Yeah, um, Stingley, good cornerback from LSU. I just, I mean, everything I've seen, he's going to be gone way before the Bills come up, and he's not the yeah. top guy. So I just really haven't even been thinking about it. It's him. hard. I will say that the, the thing about the portrait of you're not getting sauce makes it tough, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. sauce is still better than Bradbury. But, yeah. you know, um, Bradbury's a fine. You're not trying to draft another. DB1, right? Or CB1. You're trying to find a guy who can you can plug into that CB2 role and can stay in that role. And you know, Bradbury is a fine option for that role. All right. Hansel. Oh man, it kills it's like these kill me because I love Jordan Poyer. Um man, I and I hate to do I I do the Poyer one. I and it, it pains me to say that it's just the one person I've heard a lot about is Kyle Hamilton. And mm. I've heard him like he's the best player in this draft. He might be the single best player in this draft. So if you get him as your safety, um, you know, at a cost controlled safety for the next four years and you get Bradbury to fill that CB2 and you still have a second and third round pick, it, there's just too much value there. If the giants would agree to that. Um, I, I, the Tremaine Edwins one scares me just because again, you're, you're relying on a linebacker falling to you in two that just might not be there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, there are no wrong answers here. There's only bad uh, logic. So to me, I'm uh, I like the first one. I'm going to take the picks. I'm going to keep the core together. I'm going to say, this has been working fairly well. Poyer and Hyde is a good combo. You're keeping 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 the band back together, and you're just saying we basically have the team. Let's let's add this amazing quarterback and and run it back. So you're you're losing the draft picks, but I th- I think so. It was one, two, next year's one, and then maybe next year's three. I mean, I would even yeah. add add a late round pick this year and maybe try to try to keep next year's higher picks if you can. Like the Bills, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They they have they have uh, eight picks in this year's draft. 
I don't think they have eight more roster slots. Like all these guys are not even going to be able to make the team. Like you have more picks. Like you, you have a very, this is, you know, championship kind of, kind of team here. Like you have a lot of veterans. You were not going to be able to keep all these guys anyway, like trade away some of those picks. Uh, but one, two in next year's one to go up and get sauce. If he's still there, I don't, and keep keeping, keeping, keeping the guys you have on your team. Like you get cost certainty for this year. And to, I'm all about this year. Worry about this year. A lot can change in this league. People get hurt. Like keep it together. You got guys who know the system. Who you've seen what they can do. Send a two and a one and go get sauce. That that sounds to me. That sounds that sounds great. I do have to give it to you, Hansel. I if, for having that opinion, you made very compelling trade offers, including players that I personally didn't want to give up. So uh, I like all these. Listen, if you are if you are still with us at one hour and whatever minutes here. <laughs> Hey, send, send us a tweet, send us a comment. Which trade would you pick? Let us know. Maybe we'll even make a poll if we get around to it. Yeah. Um, I know it went a little long, but we, we've had about two weeks to kind of go over this this podcast. So pre-draft podcasts usually go a little bit longer. You got a lot to talk about, a lot to fit in, especially with this team that's on the cusp of a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, like I said, trade the draft picks, go win your Super Bowl, do what you got to do. Um you know, I, I don't care what Brandon Bean does. I, Brandon Bean can go and rename the Bills the you know Buffalo Pink Ponies for all I care, and I would still love Brandon Bean. So, you know, don't care. Brandon Bean is is as you said, Hans. He is a wizard. Um, so you know, go work your magic, my guy. All right, uh, Hans. It is time for the lightning round. We do this with all of our guests. We're gonna make it very quick. Charlie, I'm sure you have some questions in mind. Uh, I'm going to start us off here. Hansel, you are a you run run a Bills Backers bar in Albany in the Albany area. Uh, first of mm-hmm. all, give a shout out to your bar, and then just tell people if uh, what they should know if they want to start a Bills Backers bar near them. Yeah, uh, it's McGeary's. I'll actually be there on Thursday. We're actually doing the uh, the first round of the draft there. Uh, the, we do it every year. That isn't COVID uh, complicated. Uh, but yeah, if if you, I actually didn't start this one, but. I've seen a couple of other people start uh, Bill's back bar. I think the thing is just get a, get a solid group, small group to start. Um, it's not too hard to find Bill's fans near you. Um, find a bar that's willing to at least put one TV, maybe two TVs, dedicate them to, to the bills specifically, and then just post up there every week. And by word of mouth, Bill's fans will find you. They will come sit at your bar uh, and they will drink a lot with you. And it, it, it really changed my fandom once I found that that mm. bar and, and was able to always be with, with just, just Bills fans. It's incredible. Okay. I also once ran a, ran a Bills backers bar in Fort Myers, Florida. Mm. Um, one key, if I can give you some advice, find a really loud boom box and blare the shout song every time the Bills score a touchdown. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, yeah. we do that. It's awesome. Yeah. Go, oh, hold on. Go, you go. bring your own boom box to the bar or is this the bar? It, the it bar? started off with a boom box and then over the years it went to complete DJ equipment to literally just plug yep. in your phone and play the shout song throughout the, throughout the entire yeah. bar. Like it would take over the other games that are on speakers on the other side of the bar would hear the shout song and they weren't Bills fans on the other side of the bar. And you, you just started by bringing your own boombox, and they were... yeah, we worked it out with the people. We said, like, "Hey, we're going to bring this in and play the song," and then they ended up getting DJ equipment because they turned into a club on like Friday nights. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you you don't score if you don't shoot. All right, that's right. <laughs> so, right. Hans, Hans, you live in the Albany area. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, 
I ask everyone, you know, being in Buffalo, have you two part question? Have you had wings in Buffalo? Yes. Okay. Yes. Where is your favorite place when you come to Buffalo to get wings? Yeah, Gabriel's Gate. Um, I went there last time I was out there. They it's it's not even close to the and I've had the other ones like they're good, like Barbell's good. Um you know, I, I actually like Duff's. I know that's a weird thing. Some people don't like when people say that, but Gabriel's Gate was a whole nother level of good and it's ruined chicken wings for me. Like I can't get, <laughs> I can't get them outside of Buffalo now. So, um, Hey man, it's kind of a bummer when, when you order wings and you're just like, these are just awful and they're not even mm-hmm. awful. They're, they're just not remotely as good as those wings at Gabriel's gate. The gate is my, my, my favorite place. Them and El- Elmo's is a close oh. second. Yeah. I haven't had Elmo's. Elmo's. I, I, it's Khalil Mack's favorite place for, for chicken wings in town. So, uh, you know, that boy likes oh, nice. to eat. So, so <laughs> Elmo's is good. Next time you go, go check out Elmo's. Uh, yep. Really good wings. Hansel, what is the best trade you ever remember making in fantasy football? The best trade I ever remember making in fantasy football. Um, man. So uh, let me say one thing. I haven't played in a few years. I hate um, yearly fantasy football. I play daily all the time. Um, and the reason I hate yearly is because I would always draft extremely well. Uh, and I'll, instead of saying what I traded, I'll say I, one year I had Odell Beckham, Calvin Johnson, and Antonio Brown. I had all three of them. Um, just dominated the league. Like, was I, I don't know, 500 points better than the second place team. First round of the playoffs, those three combined for like eight, eight total points. Just in the first round, I was out. Hmm. Uh, and I just lost it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. It doesn't matter how good I build it. I'll just lose in the first round of the playoffs. So I can't remember the trade um, that I made that was great. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big yearly fantasy football guy. I kind of despise it because of what I just explained. Fair enough. I, I always think I draft good in our league. I'm in a, a dynasty league with Nick. And I always think I draft good. Hmm. And this year I finished, I think, in last place. Uh <laughs> not 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 so fun. Um, so I, I'm I'm on your website right now. Um, mm-hmm. Really like what's upcoming. Tell everyone what, what's upcoming. I guess kind of not really a question, but you know I'll let you plug the website here. You got a few few pages coming soon. Uh, what do you have coming for the for the season? Yeah. So I so the, again the website's billsish.com. It'll redirect you to something. It'll say brewish.net. Slash, that's just a different website I have. It's a way for me to save money. So ignore all that. But um, <laughs> during the year, I actually write uh, two different, I guess, quote unquote, articles or posts. They're, they're posted on the Bill's subreddit. Um, I do one that's rooting interest and the other that's matchup preview. So the rooting interest, I go through every single game that week, non-Bill's game. And I uh, tell you who you want to win, um, why you want them to win. And then I rate the game between one and five. So one would be, we don't particularly care about it. Five would be like, this is a huge game. Um, it's rare you'll get five until the end of the season. But for instance, like a, a Dolphins-Patriots game, that'd be a four. Like that's very important. Um, so, so that's rooting interest, which it does fairly well. And then the other one's a matchup preview, which is just a long form post of um, the matchup. I go through like the Bills passing offense versus their passing defense, rushing offense versus rushing defense, so on and so forth. Um, write a really long post. And at the end of it, uh, kind of go through uh, a predicted score, predicted victory. Um, and I kind of track the like 
against the spread, how I do. Um, and again, and like the money line. Uh, so last year, money line 13 out of 19 and against the spread 12 out of 19, which was a little frustrating because that was my worst year so far. But but yeah, both of those are posted on the Bill subreddit, um, which I actually moderate uh, with another with another group of people. We have about 120,000 subscribers on there. It's a weird place. There's some weird people, but it's also a, an awesome place for Bill's content. No, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, I, and I love mm-hmm. that you have the Kyle Williams uh, screaming for the root interest. So, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Yep. Nick, you got one more? I do. Hansel, your name mm-hmm. is Hansel. I am willing to bet you have some great stories about uh, just having a unique name. So, between <laughs> Hansel and Gretel, Hans from the Mighty Ducks, I mean, you got to have something yeah. great as long as it's not too painful. I would love to hear about it. No, no. Um, yeah, so, so actually, we were talking a little bit before the show. So my real name is Hans, just Hans. I go by Hansel online, um, just because that's a name that sticks with people. And I like when I get the gift posted, that's like, the Hansel's so hot right now. Um, so people send that my <laughs> way every once in a while. I like that little uh, ego boost. But no, my name is Hans Hansen. Um, very original, right? Uh, I'm actually the third. So my father and grandfather have the same name as well. Uh, I will say the painful part of this name, Hansen in particular, my entire youth was spent with people singing Umbop to me because they <laughs> thought I was related to the Hansen brothers. Um, it's spelled different, by the way. Mine's with an E, theirs is with an O. But yeah, I, I get the, um, I pick things up, I set them down. I get that all the time. You know, you get the Hansel and Gretel. Um, it, it's, a, it's a unique name. I hated when I was a kid and I love it now that I'm older. Okay, no Mighty Ducks references. I like when I if there's a character named Nick in a show, I would like relate to them a little bit, but Hans was maybe too old, too old to relate to. I, I get more um Hans Gruber from Die Hard mm. uh, than I do mm. Mighty Duck reference. So which is a great one for people to call you a, a, a terrorist, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so, right. so Nick, you, you relate yourself to, to the Knicks on the TV show. What did you relate yourself to the entire like Nickelodeon channel when you were absolutely <laughs> I wanted to name my kid Nick Jr. for a while, okay? But so, then... so, you, so you were so you were Nickelodeon <laughs> over Disney then, obviously. Absolutely. I mean the shows were no I'm just not like I didn't watch the Disney channel, but like Nickelodeon shows were or better. I mean, that's not really yeah. up for debate. Yeah. But uh, but uh, I no longer want to name my kid Nick Jr. After being in news media, anytime someone gets arrested or whatever, and their name is whatever Jr., you're like, well, I know that guy's dad. This guy's son just <laughs> fucked up. Like, uh, so it's I'm too gonna, obvious. Too obvious. Yeah, a little, little. I mean, I have a pretty unusual last name, so I mean, maybe people are gonna tie that together anyway. But at least it's not like your junior like right right and not no, that that's I'm, my son would never but um i don't have a son anyway so <laughs> so yeah you got you got a little bit of time before you had to worry about that um so hans uh do you have a favorite bills player of all time kyle williams uh i love that man and it's what i actually really liked the discussion earlier like when he first i was younger when he first started so like mm-hmm. i don't really remember it was like when the cold front hit that's when it was like oh I love this boy. I bawled my eyes out um, when he scored that touchdown against the Dolphins. And then, of course, cried even harder when they made the playoffs. But, yeah, he's – Kyle's always had a special place in my heart. I actually – kind of in front of me, you guys can't see it, I have a signed Kyle Williams helmet, um, signed Josh Allen jersey, a couple other pieces of memorabilia here. But the Kyle Williams helmet is my pride and joy. 
It's funny you bring up that Kyle Williams touchdown. So my wife's like second Bills game she ever went to with me was the Bills in Miami for the playoff game. And we went with some friends of ours who were Dolphins mm. fans. Um, and there was no one there. I mean, it's a Dolphins game, right? Like Dolphins yeah. are out of the playoffs. No fans are there. So we snuck down. We were in the last row of the stadium, snuck all the way down to the corner of the end zone. I sat next to some Bills fan from Portugal who <laughs> flew in just for the game. He's like, I need to be here in case I make the playoffs. Like I had, I had to come to America and and be at this game. He's watching the Ravens game on his you, phone. You never told me this to do a story on this guy from Portugal. I don't know. I I've never <laughs> talked to the guy again in my life. I couldn't even tell you his name. Uh. So so anyway, long story short, we just get down to our seats and the Bills are on the goal line, and we no lie just sneak into the row, and Kyle Williams scores a touchdown like right in right in front of me, and it was I'm going nuts. I'm running. I had. I have Bill Zuba, Zuba overalls that I wear <laughs> that I am running up and down the stands, just high-fiving. But I was like, we just stuck out of these seats. We're going to get kicked out. I go, no one cares. I'm just – I was going nuts. <laughs> it, was, it was a great time. Yeah. Oh, that was a great day. That was the best day of my life. I, I lost my voice that day trying to go out to the bars on New Year's Eve was very difficult. Couldn't really order many yes. drinks yeah. uh, when, when you can't talk. So, no. Nice. All right. Well, Hans, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. Appreciate the uh, the trade breakdown. And hey, enjoy the draft this week. I, I will if I remember most of it. I, I do like to imbibe a bit um, when I do Bill's thing. So, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, uh, maybe Hans, mix, mix in some water. Okay. Before we let you go, real quick, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter. Yep. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Uber, U-B-E-R, Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. Uh, I'm not an Uber driver. I've ha- been using that name since the early days of Xbox Live. So I am in a pending lawsuit to steal that name back from Uber. Um, we'll see if I win that one. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like good, it. good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Thank you so much for coming on. We look forward to all the upcoming content on Billsish.com. Uh, really appreciate the conversation and, uh, you know, thanks for doing all the work with all the trades. Yeah, no, this was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thanks guys. Hey, hey, take care. Thanks so much. All right. All right, Nick. So really good conversation with Hans. We will wrap that up. Um, you know, liking what he did. I I like some of those trades. Mm -hmm. Really big fan of the Jordan Porter trade. If you couldn't tell, um, hey, yeah. let, let me ask you one more r- dumb draft question that I had on my list and we didn't get to. Would you, in any round, draft a punter? Yes, yes, and I will. There's actually a punter who I was actually just looking punter. at. Today, you were scouting punters, Charlie. <laughs> Look at not scouting, but what, what um, else would you call it? Researching uh, punters, I mean. He, he just kind of came, he this came is, across. It's to, this is screaming, it's time to log off. No, Matt Ariza, the punter from San Diego State, is the Tyler Bass of punters. Or, 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 or you could say the Josh Allen of punters. The dude's got a leg. Something that Matt right. Hack does not have. Okay, I'm gonna, so, you know what? D- tell me how to spell his name. I'm going to write it down. If it happens, I will let you glow up the entire podcast next week. A-R- his name is Matt, like like your brother's name. Yeah, I got that. Last part. name is, I, and I'm, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but I think it's Ariza, A-R-A-I-Z-A. 
If the Bills draft this kid, you may gloat as much as you want. He is ranked uh, 163rd. Oh, wow. So he uh, he really he has a future go. in the league. He's going to yeah. go. Yeah. You, you talk about one hole that we didn't discuss. <laughs> Punter is definitely a hole on this Bills team. Uh, I don't think they're going to go 17 games and not punt, uh, even though they did it twice last year. But um, I don't think they're going to do it for 17, 17 weeks in a row. Um, but yeah, if if he if he gets gets picked on on day three, I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised. Um, but Nick, always a pleasure doing this with you. Been a couple of weeks. Uh, we'll for sure be back next week, um, breaking down the draft and what the Bills do. Uh, you know, talking about is Poyer gone? Is Poyer here? Maybe there's a Poyer extension by then. Um, you know, what, what about Tremaine Edmonds? What what is Tremaine Edmonds Edmonds' future after the draft look like? Um, could he be a, a training camp, you know, post training camp day trade? Um, we'll have to see. We'll break it all down here on the Process Podcast. You can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica or on Facebook at by Nick Veronica. Did I get that right finally? Yes, sir. It's only taken me like two years to get that right. Um, you can find myself on Facebook at Childwood68 or follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Appreciate you guys all tuning in. Thank you for listening. And most importantly, remember to always trust the process.